The G-Men Podcast brings you inside our community and lets you listen in on the conversations that empower men to win in life and business. Sometimes we can't wait for people to come to us. We got to go to them. Let's go. got to have critical thinking in a time of crisis. Be conscious of who you are connecting Any crisis, you got what? The brotherhood. I found out who he was. When I tell you I despised my dad when I grew up, I despised him. When it came time to get my driver's license, um, you know, they asked me, hey, what do you want in your driver's license? And I was like, hmm, now I'm a junior and my dad is the senior. And so I was like, is there any way possible that we could not put the junior on there? Is there any way possible we could just not put the junior on there? It was like, no, it's, it's not possible. We have to put your whole name on it. So, all right. So what Mike's going to share on today is how he rebuilt his relationship with his pops. And I think it was powerful to watch him go on that journey. It was powerful to watch him share that journey quite publicly. And as I was preparing for this call, I was asking myself, how many of us have put ourselves in a position to be rated in the role as father? Because we usually don't ask for feedback. We just do the role and we just hope we're doing our best. And I don't think we have to go at it that way. So I asked myself, if I was to rate my own father, what grade would I give him? And what grade would, would be fair to give him? Because I think sometimes we have a lot of other people's voices in what the man who is our natural father should be. And I was like, ah, we don't really know their entire story, their entire journey. So let's start from a place where there are always redeemable qualities. So on my rating scale, it's only three scores. It's 100. And 100 means as a father, your father did everything he could do and everything he knew how to do for you as a father. So that's 100. He did everything he could do and everything he knew how to do for you as a father. The next uh, grade is 80. That means your father loved you. He led you. And there were sometimes unnecessary trials and tribulations that you lived through based on him working out his trauma and just situations that as a man, as a father, he was maturing and you kind of had to grow up with him. So if, if that's where your father was, then you give him an 80. And then the last score and the lowest score you can give your father is a 50. Why? Because 23 of your chromosomes came from him. So if he never did nothing else for you, never even spoke a word to you, 23 of his chromosomes, 50% of the physical DNA in your body came from your natural father. So that's the lowest score you can give your father. And of course, he didn't, he didn't live in a way to leave a legacy. He didn't live in a way to show you how to build on his legacy. So, so that's a low score. So 50, 80, or 100. So I'd love to hear from a few of you on where you would rate your natural father, and maybe in one sentence or two sentences, share your why, why you would give your father that grade. I'll jump on me. Go for it, Tony. I give my father 100. Uh, I say that because he led by example, you know, and he taught me everything that his father uh, taught him. Now, it was some things that I thought he should have taught me. He didn't, but he just didn't know. But I still give him 100 plus. Come on, Tony. I love that. 100 is he did everything he could do and everything he knew how to do for you as a father. So that's powerful, Tony. Who's next? I'll jump in, B. Go for it, LB. Uh, I'm with Tony. I, I give my, my pops a hundred. You know, he did what he knew how to do. Um, 
And, yeah, you know, hindsight being 2020, that's things I wish I had to learn, but I can't fault my parents for not knowing it themselves, <laughs> you know? So yeah. they did, you know, everything they knew how to do to um, raise me and, and teach me things. So I'm gonna give him a hundred because, you know, everything he knew how to do, he did it. Cool, cool. Give me a few more. Uh, it was only 80, uh, I mean, 180 and 50, right? That's it. No, no, like a little above 50 or nothing. Um, because I, <laughs> I mean, my dad, he uh, he was there, but he didn't really teach. I don't know, is he a little above 50? I, I don't, I can't give him the 80. I, I gotta be, I gotta be 100 honest with it 50 or 80, but 100. <laughs> Okay, 80. I give him 80. 80. 80. And, and here's why I'm doing this very strategically. As y'all know, I ain't got no babies. So so as you think about the score you're giving your own dad, think about the score your, your offspring going to give you. Because something I found is the grace we give to others. And you don't got to lie. But there's some grace that will be extended to you as well. And, and, and here's what I found. I'm in business school and I don't get everything right. And I still get 100. How? Because there's always bonuses. So I can still have some, some problems wrong. I can still get some things wrong. But be, because I did the extra credit boy, I did certain things phenomenally. When they add all the, the scores together, I'm past 100. And I think for some fathers, they're doing everything they know how to do as a father and everything they can do as a father. It doesn't mean they know everything. It doesn't mean they did everything. So same thing, e, I want you to lean on one of those scores. Is he, is he 80 or is he 50? And then give us a why. And I, I know it's tough, but it's tough on purpose. Uh, I would say 80 um, because I, I would say he did what he was supposed to for the most part, but he is what, like the bad part or the, what he didn't do is what he learned from his dad. So it wasn't necessarily all his fault, but he, it was an example that he got. Give us a few more. Give me a few more. Hey B, <clears throat> this was tough for me. Um, my biological father, I give him a, I give him an eighty, and um, I give him an eighty from birth to forty years old. If you would have asked me from birth to like twenty five, I would have said fifty. But our relationship has grown, and we done talked some things out to add a perspective, um, to my life. So I give him a strong eighty, and I would give my stepfather a one hundred. Because based on what he had and knowing his story, he did everything in spite of me rejecting. Yeah, come on. That's good. That's good. Let, let, let's hear from about three more. What would you rate your father? Here's, here's the categories again. 100, which means he did everything he could do and everything he knew how to do for you as a father, as your father. At 80, he loved you. He led you. There were unnecessary trials and tribulations as you lived through, you know, him working out his manhood, him working out his traumatic life situations and kind of just maturing as a man. So that that's an 80. A 50, though, is the lowest score you're allowed to give. Why? Because 23 of your chromosomes came from your natural dad. So 50% of your DNA came from your father. So the lowest score you could give him is a 50. So so let's give us a few more. Rate your natural father. Tell us why. Yeah, my my dad's getting 100. Um, I think my biggest critique for him was that he helped me out during times I wish he had challenged me. And I think that's like a, a good problem to have, so to speak. But yeah, no, he, he's been there for me when he really should have said, no, you, you got to figure that out on your own. But yeah, overall, he gets 100. Come on, that's strong. A few more, a few more. How would I grew up with Bernard. Um, I couldn't necessarily have a lot of friends. I couldn't do no 80 or 100. I give my dad a 50. All because as I got older, I was seeing what he was doing in his marriage and I brought the same aspect <laughs> his thoughts <laughs> in my marriage. Uh -uh. Stick, stick now I'm lost my Stick, I'm stick, to lost stick, stick to fatherhood. Stick to fatherhood. Uh, him being your daddy, not him being your mother's husband. 
Just him yeah, being but, your daddy. But him being my daddy in general, I still get 50 Just him being your daddy. Give him the grade for him being your daddy. Yeah, I still get 50%. Okay. And, oh, and, why? and why? And and don't include your mama's stuff. Include your stuff. Well, because, you know, I, 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 my mistakes, he didn't teach me what I want, what I needed to know as I got older, you know, how to learn from other people. You know, he he was in my life, but he wasn't there to teach me how to become a, be a man, how to learn with somebody else in every aspect of my life. So, you know, now it's better, but then there was no fifty percent because just everything I I dealt with and been through, you know, because of you know seeing and hearing and watching. That's good. That's strong, Mr. Mitchell. And I'm not again. I'm not challenging what you've lived through. I just want mm -hmm. you to hear yourself talk about your father from your relationship standpoint and not add other people's stories. For example, my dad and I, we're probably the closest out of all his sons. Let me, let me make it make sense. He only got sons, he got five of them, and I'm born one day after him. So it was designed for me by the creator to be closer to him than all my other brothers. Yeah. And then the one who's born, let's see, Byron is born in December 8th. So he's probably nine days after my daddy, and then he's closer to him than all his other sons, because just by the dates, you know what I'm saying? That alone gives us a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't forget each other's birthdays. It's kind of easy, you know what I'm saying? So, I, so while my brothers might rate him differently, for me, he has an 80, you know what I'm saying? So some of my brothers might give him a 50, no, no questions asked. But for me, he has an 80 because while he loved me and he led me, there were a lot of maturity moments like right now he's going through a maturity moment with his health and he's impacted me and affected me in ways that he doesn't want to understand you see what i'm saying so i gotta let him own that because that's his stuff but as far as far as him wanting to do everything he could do for me he did he does want to do that but again when you gotta when you gotta grow up in front of others they get to see everything especially some of the times when you're bleeding all right, give me two more, and then we're going to turn things over to Mr. Mike Nelson. All right. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. This is Sean Harper. Uh, I'm going to give my dad a 100. Unusual circumstance, though, however. Um, my mom uh, and pops were married for a number of years, uh, six kids. After an abusive situation, me being abused, uh, he left. And um, we and mom had to scrub floors and struggle on her own. 1997, he got laid off from his job. And my partner and I brought him back to, to do marketing for our security company. And in 2004, my partner left. Um, out of nowhere, he just left. A lot of bills, debt, audits. And my father stayed with me from July 2004, every single day. He had opportunities to work other places in the country. And he told his new wife, he's not going to leave me. And he hung in there with me till I buried him two years ago. Every single day, nine o'clock, he was ride or die to finish the race. And so I give him so much props for that. Yeah, we're going to let that breathe, Sean. Appreciate you going there. Appreciate you sharing that. Um, I always remember what one son told me at his daddy's funeral. He's like, man, Bernard, my dad talked about you more than he talked about me. And he's like, I would be jealous, but I just opened the life insurance check. And while my dad wasn't there for us, ooh -wee, he's like, I'm going from being close to half a million dollars in debt to being up two million. So he was like, I don't care what people want to say about my daddy, what he was, what he wasn't. He just put all my kids through college. And I think sometimes, guys, we don't give people a chance to be better humans when we ask him for the same chance to be better humans. And like I said, the lowest you can do, do is give them a 50. Why? Because they gave you 50% of your chromosomes. 50% of your DNA came from that human who is your natural father. So I think if you can see redeemable qualities in them, when, when there's spaces and places in your life that you need to be redeemed, you're willing to get out your own way and do the work to grow. Mr. Mike Nelson, I won't take any more of your time. Go for it, Mike. Nah, 
this is good. I'm glad that everybody was able to get a dad's a hundreds. Cause I'm looking over here and I'm like, ah, well, maybe mine is not the best, but uh, I love my dad to uh, life. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, my dad, he uh, passed away 1231-2020. Uh, and so uh, for me, it has been a, it's been a challenge. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie. Uh, there's an old expression, an old quote that says, uh, just because I carry it well does not mean that it's not heavy. And so uh, it, it has definitely been a heavy, heavy load. But as we jump into that real quick, and I'll kind of give you some of the backstory, but I really, really want this to be a time. I'm just going to share a little bit and more so do uh, some questions and kind of show you through the journey of how maybe, you know, if somebody, it could be a dad, whomever, maybe, you know, that you can be able to repair your relationship. So let me just play this real quick. I'm going to share my screen. Yeah, man, I'm trying to slow you down. You're getting a little, you getting a little stomach, man. You see how hard that thing is? You're getting a little stomach out here. Who's that? Man. And who is this? I'm the younger version of you? Yeah. So is that how I'm going to look when I get old? Yeah, it works. I'm going to look worse. <laughs> Why you say that? That was uh, just a small piece of some of the stuff that we played at my dad's uh, memorial home going service. So I remember when I was young, I'm talking about maybe I was about, when I first found out who my biological dad was, I lived with my stepdad for years. Him and my mom got married. Uh, I have a younger brother who's 22 this year. And so he came from that marriage. But my rest of my siblings, I have a half brother who's my oldest brother. And I have two sisters. And all of us, um, except my older brother, three of the five siblings, we share the same exact mom and dad. And so I remember, you know, asking questions about my dad. Once I found out who he was, when I tell you I despised my dad when I grew up, I despised him. When it came time to get my driver's license, um, you know, they asked me, hey, what do you want in your driver's license? And I was like, hmm, now I'm a junior and my dad is the senior. And so I was like, is there any way possible that we could not put the junior on there? Is there any way possible we could just not put the junior there? It was like, no, it's, it's not possible. We have to put your whole name on it. So I walked around for years. Like I would be embarrassed showing my driver's license because it had a junior and I knew that people would ask me hey you're a you know you're a senior uh you're a junior your dad's a senior and had asked me questions about my dad and I didn't know too much about my dad so I grew up and I ended up despising him for years and I just remember and I'm so thankful for the training that we get in G-Men um you know working our way to being stage five men but little did I know is that it doesn't come with the warning of when you'll have to put on stage five tendencies and qualities. And so I'm thankful that I was able to get the training. And so I remember years ago, me and my dad had been connected probably, I'm, I just turned 32 yesterday. So me and my dad have probably been connected for the past, I wanna say four or five years before he passed. And so I just remember having this sense of longing saying, you need to get connected to your biological dad. You need to get connected to him. And I just was like, I just don't know why, but then I also started to think to myself, B, am I being a hypocrite here? I mean, I, after all, I am telling people, you know, going around and speaking and preaching and, you know, talking about love and how you need to be able to forgive others, but yet you have animosity in your heart towards the man who was supposed to raise you, your dad, and you never rectified it. And so I had to make some tough decisions. And I knew for a fact, I wanted to be free in all areas of life. And so I did not want that to be a hindrance. So. I was able to get in. The crazy part about it is my dad maybe lived maybe 10 minutes away from me. So it's not like he lived in California. I live in Philly. It's not like he lived in California. So he lived fairly close. And so I got my phone number. I got his phone number from my sister because my sister and him, they, they always had stayed connected. And I was like, yo, I'm good on that. So I got his phone number. And as soon as I got his phone number, I called him. And then um, I remember going through internally what I was going to say. And then immediately, hey, I just hung up the phone. And I hung up the phone because something on the inside of me, God was like, yo, you can't call him with that spirit that you got because you, you about to call him and be negative. And so that's just not going to work. So hang, so hang up the phone and let's try again. So I picked up the phone. And as the phone is ringing, I'm asking all these questions. I'm like, well, what if he doesn't want to reconcile what if he has all these different excuses? So 
he answers the phone, you know, I, I tell him it. And it's strange when the person who hasn't been there for you, you guys share the same exact name because he was like, well, who is this? I'm like, it's Mike. He was like, Mike who? I was like, Mike Nelson. He was like, and he paused. And, and so it was like a little awkward 10 second pause. And I just was like, hey man, I just, you know, wanted to see how you were doing, wanted to get connected. And so um, he kind of was resistant at first. And so I got off the phone and I called my sister. And I said, I knew this was a bad idea. I knew this was a terrible idea. How was the guy that support that wasn't there for me, who used to beat on my mom, who denied me at birth, said I wasn't his. Although, you know, if you see us, people say we we look just alike. How was it that he gonna treat me this way? And then my sister had to kind of give me a coaching point and said, well, Mike, you don't understand is that he feels so regretful that he's not even man enough to be able to have a conversation. Like he can't talk through his emotions like most human beings can. He can. And I was like, well, that's not my problem. But I, I don't see why you would come to me saying that. Like, that's not my problem. But after I thought about it, I tried again. And I started small. And so a lot of times, um, you know, people would see, I would throw every Sunday, I would go see my dad like it was clockwork. He was in a nursing home. My dad um, suffered really, really bad alcohol problems. And this is why to this day, I do not drink because I just seen people in my family and they just couldn't handle it. Like his dad, they found him like slumped over on somebody's steps, like he dies. Uh, I think it was called cirrhosis of the liver, I think. So he died of that. And so my dad ended up drinking. And my dad, I'm talking about, when he wasn't drinking, like he couldn't even be himself when he wasn't drinking because that's how much the alcohol had got to him. And so um, that's why I don't mess with alcohol now. I'm just like, I'm a pass on the alcohol piece. And so we got connected. And I remember specifically, um, we were in, my dad ended up having to go into a nursing home. Uh, he had this, this brain disease where his memory was just shot. And so if you talk to him, he would ask you probably the same 20 questions in probably three minutes over and over and over again, because his memory just was all <laughs> over the place. Now, if you let him tell it, he was this all American dad, but I didn't kill, I didn't kill his thunder though. I just said, look, dad, I know you in a messed up situation. So let me just go ahead and I'm gonna just ride this whole entire wave. So my dad was um, in a nursing home and my dad, he passed away, he was 59 years old. Um, while he was in the nursing home, his teeth, all his teeth fell out, all his teeth. He never went to the dentist, he didn't take care of himself. His teeth had fell out. He looked at fairly frail. My dad looked like he probably was 75. And he was, he, when he first went in, he was about 57. That's how bad life had happened to him. Some of the choices and decisions and things that he chose to do or not do, it had got to him. And so I remember when we got connected um, and he came over, I invited him over to where I live. And he couldn't even eat because he needed to have alcohol. And he said, you know, I don't want to bring that around you because I know that you don't drink. And I was cool. Look, do your thing. If you like to drink, that's cool. But my sister ended up telling me is that he's actually too embarrassed, like to kind of build a relationship. So I had to actually coach him and say, it's OK for us to build a relationship. I'm not expecting you to be somebody that you haven't been your whole entire life. I want you to be exactly who you've been. And so. We ended up getting connected. We had a great time. And then um, about probably two years ago, he ended up getting sick. And so I would just question. I said, God, this just don't make sense. I said, we got over the hump. I forgave him. We talked about why he wasn't there. And the thing I love, this is probably the first time in his life, he made zero excuses. He just said, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I just didn't know how. He said, I, I couldn't. My dad, he wasn't there. I just had no I didn't have any idea or clue how. And so I said, okay, like, that's not harboring old things. And so when he ended up getting sick, I was asking God, I said, wow, this doesn't make sense. We just got over this hump where we had a great relationship. I'm talking about great re re uh, relationship. Now, here's the thing I want to say. It started with the small steps, though, B. For example, we didn't get to saying, okay, I'm gonna come and visit you, you gonna come and visit me. We started out every Saturday, right? And again, I was a little mean. I made him do it on my terms. I was like, if you wanna get connected, you gotta call me at 6 a.m. every Saturday. If you wanna, if you want this thing to be extended and like clockwork. Now, 
every now and again, he's a little late though. He was. I'd be like, yo, dad, it's, it's about eight. He was like, I know, man, but you know what? I, I don't get up this early. But I gave him grace though, right? And what happened was I said, if this is going to work, it can't just be me doing all of the work. Now, I don't mind leading and putting the plan and the system in place, but I'm not going to do this and drag you at the same time. You have to meet me halfway. So I said, look, in order for us to build this trust, right, before we say that, we're going to go out because my dad was famous for back in the day. He would be like, oh, I'm going to come and get y'all. And then we all just be sitting outside, staring outside of a window, and he would never come. So I said, before we get there, I need to be able to trust you. So here's the blueprint of what we can do. We would talk every Saturday, 15, maybe 15, 10, 15 minutes, nothing deep. How was your week? How's things going? How's your sisters? How blah, 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 blah. Small. And then after a while, I said, okay, maybe after about maybe two months, I said, I can trust him now. And so we went out and we talked, of course, and, you know, we said our piece. And then, you know, uh, we started to connect. And then that's when he ended up getting sick. And I said to myself, this doesn't make sense. We just got connected. Why in the world would he be sick? When I say he was sick for a while, he couldn't remember who nobody was. And his memory was so far gone. And I was so upset because when I would go and see him on Sundays, I would have to like kind of take care of him. And also there were some conversations that we never got to have. I wanted to know about his dad. Um, I wanted to know certain things about him, certain things about my Nelson side of the family that I never got a chance to know. And unfortunately his memory, it never came back. So he remember who I am and things like that, but his memory, like he, he just couldn't. So that was the most frustrating part. And so, my dad ended up catching COVID uh, in December. And so December 11th, um, he was in the hospital. He's in the hospital. So I thought it was just a standard thing. My, his mom caught it, my grandma, my sister caught it, and her boyfriend. They were all gathered together at Thanksgiving. All of us was there. And so my grandma, and this is a it's a whole different story. My grandma ended up blaming my sister, saying that she was the one who gave my dad COVID. But grandma, unless we do some contact tracing, you could have gave it to him and he could have came over and, you know, gave it to everybody. So we don't know, right? Um, so my grandma ended up recovering. Everybody made a full recovery, but my dad never, ever, ever recovered. And so uh, my sister called me crying. Uh, and it's weird, though. Because when she called me, I was just about to eat. And I looked at the phone and I was like, I don't, I don't feel like taking this. But I know she told me he had COVID. So I said, let me just answer. So I answered the phone and my sister is hysterical. She can't even get words out. You know, somebody crying, they can't even talk. Like she couldn't even talk. So I hung up the phone. I knew immediately what it was. So I called my grandma. My, my grandma was very somber crying and said, hey, you guys need to get to the hospital because um, your dad is not doing well. So we ended up going to the hospital. We get to the hospital. It's me, my sisters. My brother lives in Virginia, so he couldn't come. So we get there. We, you know, we talk to the doctors and say, hey, I'm a straight shooter. Like, don't BS me. And they said, um, yeah, it's not just it's not a matter of if he's going to recover. It's a matter of just making him comfortable. Um, he had lost like a lot of oxygen. And so he was on a. a ventilator. And so they said, even if he was to recover by, by divine intervention, his quality of life would never be the same. He would be basically in a vegetative state. And so, you know, my sisters were there. I mean, they just, I mean, they just broke down. They were hysterical. They were kind of all over. But again, I kind of knew, I just had like the sixth sense. I kind of knew like, this is going to be the end journey. So I already made peace. And so uh, we went to go see him. We stayed there for about a few hours. I put my brother on FaceTime, so we, we kind of talk back and forth. And so the next day we, you know, we left. And then the next day the choice was made by my, my grandma. I just said, look, we're just gonna take him off for of this uh, ventilator because he's never gonna be the same. And so me and my sister, we ended up going back to the hospital and we kind of said our final goodbyes. And so when we got there, I was like, hey, um, are we doing this? Like, are you guys going to pull it soon or are you going to pull it after we leave? And they said, well, we got permission from your grandma to do it now. So you got two choices. Either you can stay and watch this process happen or, you know, you can say your 
goodbyes and then when you know you leave we'll do it then and something be on the inside of me says you need to be here to watch this process i don't know it's the fact that i didn't want him to die even though he didn't know he was just going to be alone because everybody who came to see him nobody else was coming back so i said okay you could do it while you're here so they ended up uh taking him off and so i said how long is it going to take they said uh it could probably be a you know a few hours just depends they took him off the nurse came back in about like three minutes she gave me this look and said it's, it's probably going to be any second now and so she came back in maybe two minutes later and she looked and was like yeah it, it's over so my sister broke down she you know she was on her knees crying and so you know um I'm glad that I was able to be there for him. And I'm glad that I was able to hold, I, I got a, a picture. Um, I held his hand while you, you, you know, while they took him off and you could see his breathing, you know, it started to slow down, slow, slow, slowly but surely. So I just told him, I said, I love you. And I said, yo, rest well. I said, I got it from here. I'm gonna make sure that our namesake, that it keeps going. So just go ahead, you know, Go ahead and pass, and I got it. And so he ended up passing. And so for me, um, it was such a weird place to be because I was thinking to myself, like, man, I can't believe. Because again, as the song says in Boy and Boys to Men, I thought that we get to see forever. I thought that, man, me and my dad, we're going to rock for another 20, 30 years. We're going to have a great relationship. But it just goes to show you is that, um, as Kendall says, all of us one of these days is checking up out of here. Now, I hope and pray that it's 90 years. I hope we all get a long, a long, long life, but that's just not in the cards for all of us. And so I'm so grateful though, B, is that I made, we made peace. And then I was able for the past three, four years, we were able to build a great relationship. I probably spent more time with him in these last three, four years, going to go see him every Sunday than all of my siblings combined in these last four or five years. And I made it a part of my, it was my reasonable act of service. I would go there like clockwork and we would spend hours. I got, I got pictures, I got videos of him. And so now I'm in this space and I'm thinking to myself and said, man, it's some questions that I'm never going to get answered. It's some things on this side of eternity. Or it's on some things on this side that I won't be able to get answered. And maybe until I get on the other side. And so, this is so important because, you know, just being stage five, had it not been for this training, no, I ain't gonna lie. I'm sure I, there's no way possible I could have gotten here. And so my grandma, um, after that, my grandma kind of basically disowned us. And grandma was like, look, I don't wanna, grandma said, um, we don't want anything to do with you. Uh, just go ahead and say your piece. Like uh, she said, we the Nelson family. Now we all had to same last name. We, the Nelson family, send our condolences, but your dad didn't have to die as young as he was. It's too painful to talk to you. Please don't con contact me. And I was like, I was like, whoa, now I wanted to pick up the phone and say, how dare you? But I let it go. And then, uh, but it, it's funny how this thing called karma works. So it came time for my dad to be cremated. And my dad, he got remarried, but he ended up getting divorced. And so for them to do the cremation, um, they basically had to sign off on his next of kin, who is me and my sisters. And so we all had to sign the paper, meaning that my grandma had to pick up the phone and call me and say, hey, I need you to do me this favor, right? And I said, my, 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 how have the tables now have turned? And on top of that, guess who gets to get his ashes first? That would be me because my sisters were so destroyed. I told the funeral home, yo, just call me. So I was the one that was making all of the choices. And so my grandma was like, uh, hey, Mike, you know, this is what your dad planned on doing for, you know, when he died, this is his wishes. I said, cool, we'll go ahead. His wishes, my dad had a brother who lived in New Mexico. So he, he wanted us to send, like to send his ashes and to be spread out somewhere. I said, cool, grandma, as soon as they call me, I got you. Don't worry about it. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'll pick up the ashes. I'll drop them off to you. Now, I don't know what happened in translation between that. About a day later, I got a call from my aunt, who I've never talked to in life, called me and said, oh, well, my, my, my mom is so upset because you seem like that you're going to steal your dad's ashes. I 
I said, steal his ashes? I don't even want his ashes. I'm good on the ashes. I was like, I'm going to bring him to your mom, grandma, and so she can be able to take him and do what she needs to do. And she was like, well, if you really, really loved your dad, again, no condolences, no, I'm sorry. You know, he was my brother, but I know that he was your dad. B, I stayed, I stayed in character the whole time. I didn't come out of character not once. I said, what I'm not going to do is, through this, I'm not going to allow them to take me there, which I feel in my spirit that I'm trying to go. But I said, I'm going to remain calm. I said, now I did throw one jab, I ain't gonna lie. I said, hey, I said, I don't appreciate the way that you're talking to me. I said, now if, if I wanted to, I could keep his ashes and not give them to your mom at all. That's what I could do. But I told her I was gonna honor her wishes. So can you please get off the phone and we stop having this conversation because this is not going well. She's like, you ain't ever got to call me in life and da, 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 da. So I just finally, we just hung up the phone and I called my grandma. Grandma sent me this long text. Don't talk to me, things like that. And so I asked my grandma, I said, grandma, do you have some kind of beef with me? Like, is this some, it's always some kind of tension. I would come around, grandma would throw little jabs and my grandma said, well, I put it to you like this. I just wish that you could have got connected to your dad earlier in life. And I said, Grandma, no disrespect, but I said, let's not act like your son was an all-American dad. Let's not act like he was always trying to be there. God rest his soul, but let's not, but let's not pretend it in his death. You, you know how in death people's legend grow and they come up with all these stories. I said, Grandma, what we're not about to do is go ahead and sit and act like he was just this amazing guy. I, I learned to love him through all of his flaws. But let's not sit here and act like he was something that he wasn't. So I said, Grandma, are you interested in building a relationship with me? She was like, well, I tell you what, well, you know, and this is before he ended up dying. She was like, well, if you make my son happy, I think that me and you could work out. I just was like, oh, okay. I, I kind of knew where this was. The only reason we were cordial, well, she was cordial towards me is because he was the center of both of our universes so that's why she was kind of cordial but as soon as she he died she just was like yo you don't ever have to worry about calling me or talking to me and so i think for, for me everybody i'm a firm believer in this is that everybody needs to get connected if you can if possible obviously to the person who helped make you it's, it's just something that's missing like in the back of my mind while i'm traveling and speaking and doing all of this great stuff there was always something in the back of my mind that said yeah but I would like to know about the person who helped bring me into this world. I, I would like to know about the person who helped conceive me. I would like to know about more about that person. And so I'm so grateful uh, as my sister, she came to the realization, she shared this at his memorial and said, I, I have regret every day because I wish I would have been there more, especially when he got sick. And thanks be to God that I don't have that because I was there through that whole entire process. And so when my sister was like, it seems like you're taking as well, I said, A, I've made peace with the fact of he's gone. But B, I said, most importantly, is that I was there through this whole, this whole entire time. And so I have zero regrets because I was able to go back and make those wrongs right. So I have zero regret about how things kind of turned out. And so what made me, I guess, for me, kind of come to the realization of is that it's just not about me is because I started to think about when we did talk a little bit before he got sick, Tell me about your dad. And he told me how his dad, he ended up dying. And he basically said, my dad, he just, he wasn't there. And so most humans, most men can only model the behavior that they actually see. It takes a very, very different kind of person to come from an environment and do the complete opposite. It takes a very special human being. Most people cannot do that. And so while I was able to give him some graces because I saw the things that he went through in his life, his, the fact that his mom sheltered him. He lived, in, he lived in his mom's basement, not because he couldn't move, because it just was so comfortable. His mom, he lived in his mom's basement for probably 45 years because his mom was so protective and didn't want him to kind of go out and venture off. And his dad not being there, even if my dad wanted to, he was almost doomed. <laughs> he, he was almost doomed before the whole process started because he didn't even have a blueprint. So... I started to think and I said, man, now he comes to the end of his life, last four or five years, and you could see the regret in his face. 
you could see, I wish I could have been there. My dad didn't even know what my birthday was. My birthday is on Valentine's Day. He didn't even know what my birthday was. And he lived with so much grief. He lived with so much regret and so much pain. And so as a stage five man, I extended the olive branch because as much as I needed him, I think he needed me as well. And I'm grateful that how whatever state he was in his mind is that he thought that he was a good dad. I was, I was completely okay with that because we both through this journey, we both were getting healed. And so I just want to say to everybody out there, whether your dad is there or whether he's not there, it's a person in your life that you know that you need to get connected to. Like, yo, forget all of the stuff that happened. Like, go back and let's make it right. Let's go back and ask questions. Let's go back and try to mend the relationship because again, 12-31-2020, if you'd have told me in 2020 that my dad would pass away, I said, man, it's not a, it, come on. It's not a chance. It's not a chance. Now, what I thought be because he had a, he had a, a, a bout because my dad also, he ended up later on in life, he ended up getting uh, HIV. So he had a couple of stints when he was in the hospital. So I was like, man, HIV is going to take him out. I did not think anything outside of that would take him out. And so I miss him dearly, but I'm so grateful that I went back and I was able to make our relationship right. And so it's sad though, because my kids, they'll never know who their granddad was, um, only through pictures and videos and stuff. And me and my dad, we were more like homies. It, it, it wasn't like a father son, because again, at this time, like a dad, I'm, I'm 30 plus, like, I don't think they were going to go outside and throw like a ball around. I'm, I'm 30 plus. And my dad was in a wheelchair. Like my dad had really, really, he had bad health. He had, he had um, his brain where he couldn't remember stuff. He had HIV. He had high blood pressure. He was on depression meds. He had a bad hip. And so also I learned from my dad. It's like, yo, Mike, I don't know, be scared me because his dad died in his fifties. My dad died when he was in his fifties. I was like, Ooh, yo, I got to make it past. I got to make it past 59. If I make it past there, I'm like, well, well done. But all of the stuff that he did to his body, I learned, Mike, this is how, this is why you can't live this kind of life because I watched that stuff do so much damage. And so I just want everybody on, on the call, if you can, if you can, please, 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 please get connected to your dad. You don't understand how, how much it's like a piece of you is missing. And now that he's gone, it's almost like a little small piece of me also went with him. And I'm not sure if I'll ever get that piece back. So I'm learning how through therapy, how to manage it. But really, 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 guys, I just want everybody to make sure, just put in some strategies. Again, maybe talk to your dad on the phone for 10 minutes. It don't have to be deep. Like, we got to go out. Mind you, we had to build up to that stage because I had to trust him again. So we had to build up to that stage. So maybe it starts out as a simple phone call. Then it goes to, hey, I'm going to come see you. Then we'll have dinner or lunch. And then you progressively build over time. And the forgiveness piece, it was done in phases. It's not just, hey, I forgive you. And then it's over. It was done in phases until I finally said, okay, I really, really do forgive you. And I really, really, really love you as my dad. I had to learn because love is also a choice. I had to learn to love my dad through all of his flaws. But also it kind of made me think about my relationship with my wife. My wife has had to learn to love me through all of my flaws. So who am I to deny him that right to be able to get with me and say, son, I want to be able to build a relationship. So everybody, please, 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 because life is too short. You don't know when the time is going to come. It could be you. It could be your dad. You just don't know. So make sure that you build your relationship with your dads and um, yeah, B, I don't know if we have time for some Q and A, but uh, I'll do some Q and A. Yeah, we got time, Mike, we got time. I, look, I ain't got no questions right there. I'm okay. just soaking all that in, my heart's heavy. Um, as many said in the chat, Mike, uh, our condolences. Thank you as always for being uh, this visible with your growth and your growth throughs. I think um, just what you have shown me as a man your leadership in this space. You know, we've had conversations and I watch you connect with your, your dad in an honest way. The days you didn't like him, you didn't like him, but the days you forgave and, and loved him, you did. And I think that's what you're saying in, in such a deep, visible way. 
guys, I dropped my notes in the chat. I took a lot of notes. Coach Rice, thanks for dropping your notes in the chat. I took some of that and added it to the notes. Guys, if you have questions for Mike, if you're struggling with seeing your father um, for who he really is as a human, and that's why I'm on y'all, not your mama's story, not your other sibling's story, who he was to you. If you're struggling with that, you have a question for Mike or even some a challenge, challenging his information, now's the time. Feel free to ask. Take yourself off mute and go ahead and ask. This isn't a specific question, but uh, Mike, one of the parts of your story that really stood out to me was when you stayed with your dad and you just knew that you needed to be in the room when he was uh, taken off the ventilator. And I thought that was powerful. Not to at all compare your experience to what I'm about to share, but uh, as some of you know, I've been fo I was fostering a cat up until this weekend and I was devouring cat information, anything I could learn about cats. And there was a chapter of a book written by Jackson Galaxy, who's a cat celebrity behavioral specialist who talked about what to do during that time where you have to say goodbye to your pet. Mm. And he specifically talked about giving your pet permission to move on and staying in the room with them. And um, I never would have thought to have done that, you know, in that moment, like had I not read that information. And for you to just have that awareness of, I need to be in the room. I need to be there for them because it's about them. It's not about me. And I need to give them permission to move on. I thought, I thought that was really powerful. So that really stood out to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was something that, again, I tell, I tell people every now and again, I'll be hearing from God just a little bit. And I just said, for some reason, I just need to, I need to be here and let him know it's okay. And then again, I would hope again, uh, what you reap, you reap what you sow. So I thought like, man, I would want my kids or somebody to be there as I'm going through my last final moments. I would want somebody to be there. I don't want nobody to be like, well, he just going to go ahead and die. I would want somebody to be there. Then also, I think about the training because I know in the leadership and the stuff that I'm going to be doing, I might have to be there with somebody, you know, as they're watching their loved ones pass. So guess what I also did be? And again, we always are in training mode. I said, you know what? I probably do need to experience this. And when I experienced this with my own dad, it'd be easier on the back end if I have to be there with somebody else who's going through the same experience. So for me, I'm, I'm kind of in a sick way. I'll be thinking like, yeah, I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do, but also this is a training moment as well. I saw your hand, coach. Go for it, Chief. Oh, hey, big bro. I just wanted to, uh, you know, as you were doing that, I, I don't know if you recall, I was texting you, yeah. DM you, and just, just encouraging you to do that, man, because you know, there are so many young men that I've coached and mentored and even, you know, a lot of my friends who had to, you know, make that move to at least try to make something of the relationship. And I said, I remember a good friend of mine, we've been friends since we were 12. And he was like, you know, he had a chance to, you know, meet his pops. I say, look, man, whatever you do, <laughs> just find out the health history. I said, anything from there, you just gotta, you just gotta, you know, you know, love him, you know, at the stage, y'all love each other and respect each other from where y'all are. But I just really have a comment, man. I mean, the reality, fellas, is that all of us are going to have, some of us have gone this way already. Um, at some point, most of us will have to go this way. And, uh, and I'm saying, even if your relationship with your parents or your father is great, um, if there are any bones that need to be dug up, you know, I mean, I've, I've learned it just from, friends of mine that, you know, I just decided not to hold a grudge with like, man, this is stupid. You know right. What I'm right. Um, but, you know, uh, Mike, like I said, it, it just shows uh, unlimited character on your part to just be like, you know what, let me, boom, let me take the point. Let me, I got it. Uh, he covered. Nope. Got it. Yeah. Nope. Got it. I am Mike Nelson Jr. You know what I'm saying? So, Regardless, man, that I mean, that you you bring honor to that name, regardless, regardless. I mean, like just effect, yeah, you, you I mean, you know, you bring honor to that name. I'm not just saying that. I mean, you bring honor to that name and you always will, man. And, you know, y'all have been in my prayers, man. And, and I knew I, I didn't act when he first passed. I remember when I saw it. Yeah, I didn't ask on purpose because I was like, 
I said, no, Mike's going to tell, he's going to tell the story eventually. So man, thank you for sharing, bro. I appreciate oh, trust you. me. It's more, I, I gave you this version is so much. So I want to say so much, so much more, but at the end of the day, I just, I like to have good positive thoughts of my dad, because again, and I'm, it's so great how good God is because had I would have met him because my sisters, they had relationships with him, but this was when he was very, very toxic. I'm talking about toxic. Like I'm talking about my sister told me stories afterwards, like how they got into like, they got into like fights and God already knows me. There's no way in the world. I don't care what happens. I would have forgave him, but I'm not going to fight my dad. And then we still going to be cool afterwards. Like that's just not how I roll. So it was great that I met him on the back end because I had, I would have met him on the front end and, you know, kind of build a relationship. I'm, I can assure you it wouldn't have ended well because I told him, as I told my sisters, I said, y'all some gluttons for punishment. Cause I said, couldn't have been me. So I'm glad we kind of bet on the tail end. Cause on the front end B, I'd have been like, Oh no, I'm good on that. All right, guys, we got time for one more question. One more comment. Mr. Eric Jones. I see you came off mute. Go for it. E. Yeah. Um, I felt the way you felt about uh, because I'm Eric Jones Jr. My dad was a senior, my biological dad, um, and I didn't know him. And then, uh, like, I hated for a long time when people called me EJ because I'm like, I don't know who that dude is. Like, I'm not him. I'm, you know, Eric Jones. And just hearing you say that, like, now when people say it or now I take Eric Jones Jr. with my name, I never did until I became an adult. So I felt the same way. And uh, I appreciate you sharing because it kind of helps me because I had that talk with my stepdad, which is my dad, uh, a few years ago. But I got to I want to have a like a set time where we talk, because even though we uh, he work and I work, we got to have a time where we talk and we can build that relationship outside of him just coming to see my son and then so happen to see me. Mm hmm. Yeah, man. Wait make it work again put it on your like to-do list like tomorrow like like make it a point to say yo we need to go ahead and do this today again and my thing was i always had to extend the olive branch just a little bit more like i've, I've always had to do more it's almost like i was the father and he was the son but again when you need to be healthy and whole you do whatever it takes and so yeah i did have to do some stuff that was a very inconvenience and i would say yo this ain't even fair like why am i even doing this but man i would have been kicking myself had i been if i'd have looked back at coach rice and been like i could have just did xyz it wasn't that serious and had he would have passed I, I like i know god heals all things but i can't imagine having to live with that kind of regret saying I wish I would have. So his death also for me, it puts me, I don't know how y'all feel about it, but it puts me on the clock and say, yo, I really need to get my stuff together. Not saying I'm out here doing crazy stuff, but I really need to make sure I'm living life every day to the fullest. And then lastly B is that those, those health challenges, I was like, yo, my man was broke. He was broke up. And I'm like, all right, Mike, you got to make sure you go into the dentist on the regular. You got to make sure that you go into the uh, doctor's on a normal basis. As a matter of fact, I got a doctor's appointment the 23rd. Make sure that you're eating healthy. I'm not saying that you got to be in, you work out. Not saying that you got to be a guru. You know what I'm saying? You ain't, you ain't, you ain't got to be Coach Rice. You know, he got to, you know, he doing his pull-ups outside and all that. You know, he doing all that. You ain't got to do all that. You, 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 you ain't got to do all that. But you got to do something because, again, you see how his dad ended up. You see how he ended up. So, Mike, what makes you think is that you can do the same behavior and not have the same results that, your father's before you had. Man, come on, come on, come on. All right, let me just read what uh, Chief dropped in the chat. He said, break whatever cycle exists, fellas. And guys, what I love about Chief, he make it simple, simple. He said, pride being the first, just in case you was like, B, I ain't got no cycle, pride being the first cycle. Just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like the answers with the, with the test because I would have failed that one. That means if your daddy alive and you ain't planning to call him or text him tomorrow, call preferably. That means that pride, though. That pride, though. That yep. pri you, I'm going to say it a few more times, Mike, just in case they not hear it. That pride, though. If your daddy alive, there's a lot of men who would be happy for their daddy to be breathing right now. Not the daddy they want, the daddy they got to be breathing. 
not to be rich, not to be a quality example, for him to be. That's be, all they want. I would give, I would give, shoot, I probably, well, I can, I could make, I could make the money back, but I probably would give a lot of money out of my bank account and say, yo, if we could just have one last conversation. And again, we didn't talk about anything deep. It was, <laughs> I would call him old fart. He'd be like, oh, come on, man. You, you always talk about me. Just to have for us to be able to joke again, there's not a price, there's not a dollar amount that you couldn't put on that just to be able to have that. And you don't realize how much you miss it until you can't have it because death is, it's just so final. Like it's no going back. It's no, can I text you? It's just like, it's over. And then it's that way for forever. And so, yes, please. Like tonight, even if it's late, listen, call, leave a message because God forbid, what if you wake up tomorrow and find out that, you know, God forbid your dad, he, pa he passed in his sleep. And you said, you know what? I'm gonna call him tomorrow. And for some of us get, well, all of us at some point, tomorrow is not going to come. So yes, I agree, B. Make sure that you knock that thing out and get it done. All right, guys, before I turn the call over to Mike to close us out, a uh, bit of business. We do have the morning call if you can't make it Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, Coach K and the crew would love to meet you on that call, challenge you to grow and start your mornings, right? If you're on the West Coast, it's 2 a.m. If you're on the East Coast, it's 5 a.m. I don't live in the Midwest, so I don't know what time it is your time. Let's put that out there. Um, here's, here's a uh, line when Mike was talking. Right at the end, there's a line from Chance the Rapper that got in my spirit. Um, it's in the song Holy with Justin Bieber. And he says, when the son takes the first step, it pleases the father. Mm. And a lot of us, we somebody's son and they still alive. And we like, but he the daddy, he's supposed to. <sighs> but think about when you were a baby and your daddy watched you take your first steps. They were more excited than anything else to just see you start on your journey. That excited them. And sometimes later on in life, it would still excite them just as much to see that it's us calling, that it's us at their front door, that it's us. And Mike said it best. I'm pretty sure there is reasons you're disconnected for whatever they are, they are. But as Coach Rice said again, you know, I like, like I said, I like, I like the answers. He said, if there's any bones buried that's keeping y'all from connecting, just go dig them up. And you don't got to be mean about it, man. You got to be, me and my dad talk about literally everything. Like everything. Like I ask him like, bro, why you got divorced? And you still talk to my mama. So you effed up my childhood and y'all still backing on each other? Like, what was the point of that? <laughs> Why would you do that? Would you, you threw away the marriage while you had kids and then now the kids gone. You like, you know what? That booty's still looking good. Man, I ain't trying to hear that because I read his text messages, Mike. You know what I'm saying? I was like, bruh, y'all can grow for this. Y'all need to go to church somewhere. But for real, like, like we just talk. And, and, and I love what Mike said. It's no judgment. Not only is he my daddy, but as a man, I can just see the humanity. I don't need him to walk on water. Bro, he gave me healthy DNA. I know people without healthy DNA. So here, I'm already checking that box. Like, ooh, he already set me up for success. Bro, I could have been born some other type of way. I wasn't. And then he's doing his best to still guide me and show me just what he can in this season of his life given all the tools he had or didn't have. Mm. So picking up the phone ain't hard for me. Sometimes it's tough conversations. But I have enough grace to say, I'm still learning from you and I still need you. And now Mike doubled down in my heart and I still have you because you still breathing. Take us out of here, Mike. Go ahead, close the call. Yeah, man. Um, thanks for the opportunity. Um, guys, for real, for real, just, just be sure. And again, it, it could be a mama, it could be a daddy, it could be a sibling, it could be somebody who's close to you. Because again, I'm sure nobody in a million years, C Coach Rice thought, you know, back in January uh, of uh, 2020, you know, that Kobe was going to pass away. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever thought of that. Like, he would be last on the list. I'm like, okay, even if it is a crash, I know Kobe going to come out of this somehow, <laughs> you know. Um, and you think about all of the people who have, you know, kind of passed away where it kind of was like, how the heck did this happen? And so again, life is entirely too short. So 
I was already on edge about getting stuff done. And now my wife has to slow me down and say, yo, this is too much for me. But I say at the same time, I just don't want to have any regrets. It, I think it's, all, it's always going to be something that we're going to leave behind and say, man, you know, I left this box undone. But it should not be big things. Like, did I take care of my family? Check that box. Did I take care of my wife? Check that box. Did I love God? Check that box. Did I serve people? Check, check that box. Most importantly, did I leave something behind so that my kids and other people could benefit from? The thing that um, it's a gift and a curse, but my dad, guess what he didn't have? He didn't have no, he didn't have no life insurance. He didn't have nothing. He left nothing behind for any of us. Now, thank God I don't need any money, but B, it has been pretty nice. I said, Dad, he pa Dad passed away. He left us 10 million to split. I'd be like, it makes the death just that much. I ain't gonna say they're gonna come back. But it do make it that much better. You like, oh, I just I just became a millionaire. So now, B, I'm thinking of what do I need to set up in place for when I do have kids? So guess what? When I when I check up out of here, whether it's on the early side or the later side, that even in my death, I still can bless you. You have been listening to the G-Men podcast. Like, review, and share this episode if something you heard challenged you to grow and positioned you to lead. The G-Men community exists to allow men to connect through group coaching, training calls, online workshops, and location-based retreats. Join the movement at gmenworldwide.com.